Hi everyone, welcome to Plugged In, an electric rideshare podcast based in Portland, Oregon, where we talk with rideshare drivers about their experience switching to electric. I'm your host, Lindsay Schelke. I'm a program associate at Forth, a nonprofit advancing electric, smart, and shared mobility. Welcome to the Plugged In Podcast. Uh, we are joined by Jared, a Portland local rideshare driver today. Hi, Jared. Hi, how are you? Lindsay? Doing well. Nice to meet you. Yes, I got my co-pilot. He usually rides with me every day. What do riders think about him? They love him. I, I always say, you're going to get more tips or this and that. Everyone loves your dog. Usually the girls just fawn all over him, but the, the guys, they like him too. Could you tell us um, how long you've lived in Portland and when you moved here? I moved here in uh, 1986. I've been here about 35 years, I guess. That would be. Where are you from originally? Southern Cal. Don't, don't like to admit that, but yeah. <laughs> well, you've been here longer than many people that I've encountered, so. I had a lady call me a uh, common law Oregonian. I, I like that. That's a good term. We need that, yeah, uh, distinction. Yeah. Well, it's the longest place I've lived anywhere, so I, and I really love Portland. Yeah. What, one, what made you want to move here in the first place? It's environmentally friendly. It's uh, green and lush, and you have all four seasons. And uh, sounds weird, but I hated, hated spending Christmas in, on the beach. What got me when I first came here was the people. I went shopping. And my brother's went. I went shopping for groceries or this or that and other thing. I got in line. The lady turned around and started talking to me like she knew me forever. I thought, well, maybe just a strange lady. Got to the register, dude was the same way. And that would be that way for the 10 days I was there. Just everywhere I went, people were just extremely friendly, like they knew me forever. Yeah, the friendliness is really nice. Yeah, it's um, disarming. And you probably bring that to your rideshare work. I try very much. Try to make it a very pleasant ride. I figure if they're paying for a ride, it should be a nice ride. I keep my car clean. I'm freshly showered and usually shaved. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like, I like people, I like conversing, I like the different views, I like the different cultures, and uh, I have learned a lot in my five years. I've given CEOs rides, I've given marketing people rides, I've given cooks rides, you know, the, the entire spectrum, and each one of them has been an interesting ride. So five years total you've been doing ride chair? Five chair? years, about 40 hours a week, yeah. Solid, yeah, that's nice. How many miles a week does that amount to? Uh, it depends. Uh, it depends. Like during the winter, uh, things slow down. So it's just basically back and forth to work, just the locals taking them to work. So during the winter, the, the number, the miles I clock are much fewer. Uh, during the summer, longer rides, people coming from the airport, they're going down to Salem, they're going out to Hillsboro, they're going north out to um, Ridgefield. So longer rides during the summer. Mm -hmm. you know, some all the way down to Wilsonville. But uh, so on an average, 100 miles to 200 miles a day. So what got you into rideshare driving originally? What piqued your interest? Uh, you know, I was still in school. I needed my free time. And I thought, well, let's, let's see how this goes. I needed to make money, you know, being a student. And I needed, it was great that I could just go out when I needed to. Why do you like driving for work? I love driving. And I have probably clocked more miles than I can count since I was 16. I, I like driving. So I figured if I can make money driving, why not? 
And it leaves me time for my other interests, which are, I like to learn new things. Yeah, such as when you were a student, it was compatible with your schedule. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, I went back to school because, you know, it was something to do, but I, I really, I love the sciences. So I, I, uh, I used to work as, a, as an R&D tech for an aerospace company in Southern Cal, and I used to do a lot of things, but I never, the electronics was a thing I never understood, I never knew. I, although I knew all the components, I didn't know how to create my own circuits. Now I do. Ah, we have a little, I only know a very elementary, literally elementary level. I taught robotics to elementary schoolers for a year. Oh, that must have been fun. So fun. Making a circuit, it, we would describe it like it was a maze. Pretty much the different components, and it depends on what they do and what you want them to do, but yeah. yeah. Especially for programming, it's like little modules, but yeah, it's great. And you now have an electric vehicle. Yeah, electric vehicles are great. They really are. Great for the environment and great for your pocketbook. What amazed me was how much money I didn't have to spend anymore, or how much time I didn't have to spend time waiting in line to get gas. Or, gee, I better go get gas before it closes. And now I don't have to worry about any of that. I go home, plug it in, and I'm good. Yeah, if you have at-home charging, that's peak convenience. Well, I will say, uh, that's what makes the electric car the electric car. If you buy the electric car, spend the extra $500 to $1,200 to have that installed in your home. That, that is the complete package. That's what makes it work. And if you're, more and more apartments are having them installed. I, when I first moved in to the apartment complex I'm in, I said, I won't move in unless you install my charger because the chargers they had weren't compatible with mine. It would have taken two days to charge that one. So they said, okay. It cost them $1,000 to install it, but that was the, the arrangement. Yeah, it's a month of rent anyway, so. And I would encourage anyone who moves into an apartment complex to make that a question. Do you have chargers for my car? Absolutely. Because uh, they need to be installed in almost all apartment complexes because that's really what I believe the goal should be. Replace ICE vehicles with electric vehicles. Uh, keep in mind, I'm a car guy. I, I used to build hot rods and... I've probably put together a couple motors and I've burned my hands changing plugs and I, I love cars, but uh, I also love tech. And uh, I got to combine the two with an electric car. Yeah, and then the third component is the environment. That's why I love Portland. I mean, that's why I stayed. It's so beautiful here. Why would I want to poison the air I breathe? I mean, I, I, I had forgotten, I have asthma, so I had forgotten what it's like to be outside my car and walk up the street where there's cars at a stoplight spewing their gas. And in the 80 feet that it took me to get from my car to the door to get in the building, I was already coughing. And I was like, no, we gotta get people to go electric. I like breathing fresh air. And you're setting the example. You're an early adopter. You started out in a Volkswagen e-Golf, right? E-Golf in 2015, yeah. In fact, I still have that one. It's kind of like, you know, my first, my first electric car. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a great car. And so you have experience. Could you kind of tell us about that? You have experience driving the e-Golf and then... When I first got the e-Golf, it was just a replacement. But I quickly realized how much money I was saving. I mean, literally, I went to school and back, and I just plugged it in. And when I had free time, I went here, I went there, went shopping. It was great. And then I said... When I found out about Lyft and Uber, I said, well, let's give it a shot. 
and uh, I used to cheat. I'd plug the car in and uh, stay at home and wait for a, wait for a call because back then I lived in the Alberta Arts District. So I'd wait for a call, run out to the car, jump in, take off, make my rides. And back then in 2015, it was still taking off, so it wasn't as busy. So then I'd head back to the house, wait for another ride, take off, and that's how it worked out pretty good. So when I was doing that, it was I could drive all day because I'd just come back home, put it back on, and I, it was easy. But when things picked up in 2016 and 2017, now I was having to be out. And I'd have to work my way back, wait three hours, and then drive three hours. So that was, that was a little bit of a pain. But uh, once I decided to go all the time, I said, well, I need a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, so how did getting into a Tesla change things? Well, it's a little different driving a $110,000 car when you first take it out. You don't want to scratch it. You're afraid everyone's going to hit you. But after a while, it's just a car. That's really what it is. It's just a car. And uh, I, I spec'd that car for the strict purpose of sharing that car because I had an electric car already. But it was a little car. Like, you couldn't take it anywhere. You couldn't take it on a trip. You couldn't. So people said, it's just a round town car. You get into a Tesla, you can take that car anywhere. And now it's a real car. And so people were more impressed with that car. But the price still scared them off. But now in 2020, you have you know, more cost-effective cars that are out there in the electric vehicles, and you have more programs to help you get them, and it's just, they're easier to get and more cost-effective. I, I, sometimes I wish I'd waited, saved my money, and I, man, what I could get now with the money I spent on those cars, but at the same time, I wouldn't have the experiences I've had. I wouldn't have the knowledge that I've gained driving those cars, and um, I wouldn't have had the, the fun promoting those cars to other people like I do now, and I'm not paid for it. I just do it because I think it's the right thing to do. That's neat, and that's definitely something that I've thought about Tesla, even myself, is that there is that bit of a higher upfront cost even compared to other models, but um, what, what does a used Tesla go by that you've seen out there? You can get a 2014, 2015 Model S, depending on the model, anywhere from 18 to $26,000. You know, that's a lot more reasonable than <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people realize. Well, the, just the return on a car like that. I mean, to be quite honest, I've had that e-Golf over five years, and there's a mandatory service at 32. I didn't, I didn't have to take it in. I didn't take it in until about 45,000 miles, and I paid them $150 to tell me there was nothing wrong with my car. So I'm like, I'm not gonna bring it in here again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to bring it in. And at about 55,000 miles, it had an, this is the only problem I've ever had, and it was with that e-Golf. Uh, but it was a newer car when it first came out. And so it, it burned out the electronics on the charger. So I actually had to take it in. And most of it was covered under warranty, even after five years. But it, it did cost me $1,200 out of my pocket. And I have to say, after five years of owning that car, one set of tires and $1,200, that is still the cheapest car I've ever owned. And did you, on top of it, take advantage of state and or federal rebates? I did get the rebates at the time. So yeah, I took complete advantage of both of those. Knocked about 10 grand off the price. It was great. Knocked about 10 grand? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's solid. When I was trying to promote both the e-Golf and the Tesla to the local drivers uh, at the airport, first question I asked them is, how much money are you spending on gas a month? And it was anywhere from two to four hundred dollars. 
I said, how much is your payment? And anywhere from three to $500. I said, between your gas and your payment, that's what the car's gonna cost you. You're not gonna, and you won't have to spend on gas. And they said, well, what about my electricity? How, is my electricity bill gonna go up? <laughs> and I said, yeah, about 10 bucks, you know. It's, it's really cheap. And they don't notice it. And you don't, I, I never noticed it on my electric bill, to be quite honest, you know. When I had my house, the electric bill didn't seem to change. So a lot of drivers that I've spoken with have what's called range anxiety. So concern I'm over- with range, with range anxiety. Yeah, how far you can go on one charge, is it gonna yeah. be enough? To be honest, in the early cars, you had to learn to drive in neutral. <laughs> you had to let that coast as much as you could. Uh, but since 2017, uh, the new models have come out, uh, even with the e-Golf, uh, giving them greater range. You got a hundred and, uh, literally rated at 125 miles or 150 mile range, and that's real. When, when they tell me I can, I can go 85 miles on the highway, I can go 85 miles on the highway, and not doing 50 or something. I'm doing 65, I got a little bit of the air going, you know, so um, it'll, it'll do the full mileage. But now you got the Nissan Leaf, those are, I think, 225. Uh, you got the e-Golf, uh, you have the Chevy Bolt, which does 238, and 200 miles range, that is more than enough to get you through a workday, whether you're doing freeway, uh, around town, out to Hillsboro, Troutdale, that's, that's enough. And you can still run the air, you know, you're not going to be out there, you know, either freezing or, or sweating in your car, it's a comfortable ride for you and your passengers. So the newer models are, are out there to give you that plus 200 mile range to do the job. The rideshare market has kind of changed um, yeah. in the past few months. So are you focused mostly on rideshare or have you also gotten into delivery services? Well, I've, I've done deliveries, but not food. I'm not going to put food in my car. There's another smaller company called Renly, which does package delivery. The beauty of the Tesla though, when I do have to ride with a passenger is what is little known about the Model S, it has a full size HEPA filter. And so it purifies the air in the cabin uh, better than an N95 mask will. I'm very glad that you have that. <laughs> it is a great feature. Yeah. It cleans, it purifies the air, it's so awesome. There's just things about these cars, the electric cars, that the technology can go different ways now in, in terms of what it's gonna do for the passengers. How long is the typical ride in Portland? So during the week, morning hours, um, usually seven to 10 minutes. Uh, every now and then I'll get one that runs me south into Wilsonville or north into Vancouver. But most in the morning, most of the time we're going either across or to the airport. Okay. So they're usually short rides. And you can go all day without charging, right? In my, in my Model S, I go all day. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've clocked 12 hours in that car on a day or two. Just because it took me way out on the other side of Hillsborough and I, I was bound to determine to catch rides on the way in. And I did. And... Uh, so then they took me south or here or there, so it took me a little bit longer to get home. But yeah, I clocked 12 hours. How low do you let your range get before you turn off the app and head home to charge? I have had my Model S at 13% and out in Hillsboro, and I still didn't turn it off. And you made it. Yeah, because I, I, unlike guys, I don't run by miles, I run by percent because I'm used to a cell phone. So 10% is about 35 miles. 35 miles, okay. So 13%, I mean, I, I had plenty of room to get home and I, I rolled in at about 5% when I got home that day. 
How did you research the type of car that you wanted? With the Tesla, that was after I had my uh, e-Golf and realized I couldn't, I, the furthest I could go was Salem and I would have to wait there and get charged up. I started looking around for other cars and that's when I came across the Tesla and I said, ooh, that's a big jump. So it took me a little longer to get there. Yeah. Thankfully, there's a big jump in range, too. Yes. <laughs> and that was, I didn't realize it was a thing, but uh, about, what is it, last year I was watching on YouTube and all these guys were saying, I took a, my, my road trip in my Tesla. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I bought that Tesla and two months later I was headed down to Arizona. And what was funny is uh, one of the charging stations I rolled into was literally in a gas station for semis or truck stop and there were only two chargers and they were hard to find. I had to roll around until I found it. I charged up there. So two years later I went back to Arizona, same city, a block over, 40 superchargers. And I was like, now this is, this is it. What they had found out is that was a hub in terms of direction and so they needed to install more and uh, but it was great and now I can go anywhere in on that Tesla I mean I used when I first went I had definite stops now Tesla has installed a lot of chargers yeah and the, I, I mean there's more and more that are even through what's happening like more and more getting installed all the time and people talk about seeing chargers now everywhere um, can you attest to that? Do you think like I, you start I to notice? I do. And in no. fact, I was quite surprised when I found them <laughs> earlier. I had no idea they were there. And in fact, uh, I, now that I know that Adidas has them, I know that uh, Nike has them. Uh, they seem more and more at the uh, corporate offices. They're installing them because they're. I guess the offices are encouraging their employees to buy electric, which is great. I think more corporate companies should offer programs to have their employees um, buy electric cars. Yeah, that's called workplace charging and there are programs around workplace charging and it's, um, it's nice that as a rideshare driver, you can actually pull in and utilize a lot of the charging that's at businesses, that's at hotels. It, it, it is nice actually, it's, it's, getting, it's getting easier and easier every day. This is like not quite at the ground floor, but getting it at the best time because now everyone's encouraging you to get one. There are financial programs, there are used vehicles, and there are just greater availability of charging stations to use these cars in. Mm -hmm. Greater availability of cars themselves. Yeah. yeah, I guess we could go on, couldn't we? <laughs> so why did you pick an EV? When you go from buying a, a, a $35,000 car to a $110,000 car, you better be calculating a lot of savings there. And because I not only drive for work, but I like to take long road trips, uh, it, the car literally starts to pay for itself. I mean, it's, it's just amazing. What does maintaining your car look like? So uh, with my other cars, there was always, you know, you had the oil changes, you had fuel costs, you had filter costs, and then you also had your fluid costs and maintenance for your wipers and everything else. With an, electric, with an electric vehicle, you don't have any of that except maybe your fluid cost in your wipers and a set of tires. Brakes do not even become an issue because you have your regenerative braking. And because brakes are designed to stop a vehicle at speed, 
they last so much longer when you're stopping the car at under 10 miles an hour, which is when the actual mechanical brakes engage. So the, the e-Golf probably won't need brakes for another five, 10 years. My Tesla, eh, maybe a little more because it's more fun to drive, <laughs> but it, literally the, the motors do 95% of the braking, not, not the mechanical brakes. So just things where you would think you'd spend on, you just don't. And uh, you know, Ben Franklin is right. Uh, a penny saved is a penny earned, only it's a whole lot of pennies now. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, people would also kind of wonder about, are there any under, underlying costs? Like what could catch up with you? And then what comes up is the cost of the battery. Yeah, I, I, I hear that a lot, but most of those assumptions are made on the bad press that a bad battery pack got. The truth is the chemistry will last a long time. You, you can expect a good 10 to 20 years out of the battery pack. Uh, the Tesla is rated for eight years that they'll replace it. And after that, I will maintain 95% of my charge capability. And then it will slowly degrade after that. So, and it, and a lot of that depends, the, the battery pack depends on, on how you charge it. For instance, the e-Golf does really good because I charge it to max and I empty it. I mean, on my e-Golf, I've rolled in on one mile sometimes. Um, and with my Tesla, the same thing, full charge and I empty it. I, I don't come in until I got less than 20%. And so I go through that. So when you cycle a battery in that manner, it lasts a lot longer. When you uh, mismanage the battery, and you can, uh, you will degrade it faster. Uh, so if you constantly keeping it, charging it to full because you, you want to have it at full, that's the worst thing you can do. Charge your battery and then run it down. And then charge it again. And if you want to uh, increase the longevity, which is easy for, the, for my Tesla, I don't have to charge it to full. I charge it to 80%. And that 80% gets me more than my 200 miles. What would you say to a driver that said, yeah, well, that battery cost could be a lot. You know, all that lack of maintenance and gas sounds great, but what if you have to pay for the battery? Well, here's, here's the beauty right now. Uh, technology has changed so much in the last four years. By the time you're ready to replace your battery, the battery cost will have dropped to less than a quarter of the current battery packs now. Battery pack now for uh, a, a uh, Nissan Leaf is about 10 grand. Same thing for an e-Golf. The battery pack on my Tesla, on the current Teslas right now, is zero because they will replace them for you, okay? They, they haven't run out yet. Do you get a so, warranty uh, and that kind of thing warranty. too? You can kind of yeah. avoid that concern. So the thing is to cycle the battery properly, know, get a little bit of that education there, and then make the most of it. And by the time you're ready for a new battery, it, it, it'll be a fraction of the cost. And, and keep in mind, uh, when, with a conventional ICE vehicle, if you burn up a transmission, well, there's five grand. You burn up a motor, there's another five grand. So coming to an electric vehicle where you don't spend that money for years and years and yeah, it may come up all at once, like I didn't anticipate the $1,200 for the e-Golf. Still, in terms of overall usage, 
it's it's a minor expense, you know. So, I, being a little older and being a little more experienced, I managed to just put money aside for these things. And if I never spend it, well, I get a good set of toys. If I spend it, perfect. I had it planned. How do your riders like being in the EV? <laughs> so. When I was using my uh, roommate's Model 3, I picked up some gentlemen at the airport who were fresh from India. They were going to be here for a few months working at Intel, and I was driving them out. And they were, these guys were Tesla fanboys. And the moment I told them that that was the performance Model 3, they were so happy. When I dropped them off, they said, can we take a picture with you? Can we take a picture with the car? I said, yeah, yeah, whatever makes you happy. It was good. I like that. I like making people happy. So, Jared, what would you say to a rideshare driver that is thinking about getting an EV? So, my advice to a rideshare driver who is considering getting an EV is, what is taking you so long? Buy it now. Buy what you can afford, buy what you're going to like, buy what you're going to use. But the money you spend will be the money you save. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you for being here. It's been my pleasure. Anything I can do to promote the, uh, the use, the increased use of uh, EVs, I'm glad to help. Thank you. And thank you for bringing Jet. My pleasure. <laughs> he goes with me everywhere. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Plugged In Podcast. For more information about Forth's Fair Financing Program, please visit www.forthmobility.org. That's F-O-R-T-H, mobility, M-O-B-I-L-I-T-Y, dot org. Or you can email electrifyrideshare at forthmobility.org.